Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The president hits a milestone, but not one that anyone wants to hit. But at this point... Do voters care? And Democrats have a frontrunner, and he's already feeling the heat. Why so quickly the race based on policy is already getting personal. This is the State of America. The president has now made more than 10,000, 10,000 false or misleading claims since taking office. The president continues to say false or misleading statements at an unbelievable pace. Believe me. Believe me. Believe me. Believe me. Believe me. A brand new CNN poll shows former Vice President Joe Biden surging among Democrats. I understand the president's been tweeting a lot about me. He's the one Trump's worried about, and he's the most electable. Everyone, I'm Kate Baldwin in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America. Politicians have always had a loose relationship with the truth. American presidents are no exception. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. That the Iraqi regime continues to possess and conceal some of the most lethal weapons ever devised. Those were lies, big lies with big consequences. Impeachment proceedings for one president, a war for the other. When it comes to President Donald Trump and the truth, he's broken the mold and made history once again, hitting a new milestone and one no one should be celebrating. He has just crossed the 10,000 mark, more than 10,000 false and misleading statements made since he took office. That count comes from the Washington Post's fact check team. One of the remarkable things about it is how quickly it has uh, uh, exploded. You know, about a year ago, I gave an interview where I said maybe at current pace he'd get to 10,000 by the end of four years. And here it is only 11 months later, and we've already crossed the 10,000 threshold. So how does that break down, you ask? Well, over the past seven months, he's been averaging 23 false statements, false claims a day. And even when the president is corrected or called out, it doesn't mean that he course corrects some false claims he has repeated over and over again. Tremendous amounts of wall have already been built. We're building many sections of wall right now that's under construction right now. It's being built. Some of it's already been completed. The Washington Post says the president has actually made that claim 160 times, despite the fact that Congress has only approved funds for just a portion of new new fencing at the border and construction hasn't even started. At one point in late March, the president sent out this tweet hailing the start of construction of the wall. But in reality, this was fencing in California that had been funded two years ago and identified as a priority 10 years ago by the Obama administration, meaning that it's not Trump's border wall. So what else? Well, let's take a look now at another favorite claim from the White House about taxes. Massive, historic tax reform, the biggest tax cut since Ronald Reagan and potentially even bigger. It will be the biggest tax cut and tax reform 
in the history of our country. President Trump has said that over and over and over again. The truth, though, is the tax cut package that the Republican Congress passed in late 2017 was actually the eighth biggest U.S. tax cut in history and smaller than a move that was made by the Obama administration. So no beating Reagan on that one and no beating history on this one as well. But again, there is no stopping him. That's also that also goes for trade talks, more specifically the president's near obsession with trade deficits. We lost 151 billion in trade deficits last year. To Trump, trade deficits are inherently bad, a sign of America's falling standing in the world, as if it means that they're somehow we're literally draining money from some communal American bank account. But that is just not how trade deficits work. So those are some of his greatest hits, obviously. But the false claims repeated most those are the false claims repeated most often by the president. But remember the average that we mentioned, 23 false claims a day, according to The Washington Post, which means there are big lies on big issues, but also even misstatements on the smallest, seemingly most inconsequential things and topics that are so easily fact checked like this doozy. My father is German, right, was German and uh, born in a a very wonderful place in Germany. And so I have a great feeling for Germany. Born in a very wonderful place in Germany. His father, not from Germany. His father, Fred Trump, was born and raised in the Bronx, as in the Bronx, New York. Honestly, there is really not much more anyone can say about that. Donald Trump clearly does not care, though, about sticking to the facts. So what does everyone else in Washington do about these record-breaking falsehoods? If you're a Republican in the same party as the Truth Challenge president, recent history shows all of us, that you will say you also don't care. It doesn't matter to you that oh, the president God, no. is I changing mean, if, a version uh, of events, or perhaps gonna, some would say lying. If you're going to look at every president who pops off at a staff and, you know, ask him to do something that's maybe crazy, then we won't have many presidents. Yes, because past presidents lied. That makes it all okay for the current president to lie. What is that lesson that we were all taught in grade school and beyond? Just because someone else broke the rules doesn't make it okay for you to do exactly the same thing. With that logic, there are so, 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 so many sins that would need to be forgiven for the people holding elected office. But I digress. What if you're a Democrat, though, especially one who is running for president this election cycle? The current president's falsehoods have already, not surprisingly, become a rallying cry disgusted by Trump's behavior, by the fact that we have a pathological liar as president. So there is that. But it is now not just President Trump. His problem with the truth has become downright contagious, it appears. Look no further than his cabinet. Jeff Sessions, for one, his first attorney general, uh, said under oath testifying before Congress this. I did not have any private meetings, nor do I recall any conversations with any Russian officials at the Mayflower Hotel. That sounds pretty straightforward, but that turned out not to be true. And it was a big deal. That false statement by Sessions before Congress came back to bite him. It was actually one of the reasons that he eventually recused himself from overseeing the Russia probe. And then there is the now former Secretary of Homeland Security, Christian Nielsen. She became the public face of the administration's zero tolerance policy that separated families at the U.S. border with Mexico. This administration did not create a policy of separating families at the border. She said that, but it was not true. 
Not only did they clearly separate thousands of children from their parents at the border, but a leaked document showed that the administration had, in fact, discussed a plan to do just that in late 2017, months before that testimony, that that comment that she just made. The policy went into effect and public outcry in the summer of 2018 and forced the president to reverse course, reverse course. So we're going to have strong, very strong borders, but we're going to keep the families together. I didn't like the sight or the feeling of families being separated. Still, though, due to almost non-existent record keeping, there are still, just want to make sure you all remember, thousands of children separated from their parents. Thousands that the government has yet to even identify. So add this one to the growing list of big lies with big consequences. But yet American voters, they don't expect elected officials, if we're being honest, to be saints. Donald Trump, he lied throughout the 2016 campaign and he still won that election. But that does not mean, I make the case, that fact checkers should call it quits. And it also doesn't mean, I make the case, that Americans shouldn't continue to expect and demand better. And by better, I mean just the truth. So, coming up, why does the president not tell the truth all the time or often? Why didn't it matter in 2016? Is it any different today? The panel's here. started from day one. Remember how the White House tried to say that the crowd at the the president's inauguration was, quote, the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration, period, end quote. Well, that was just the beginning. And with this count now from The Washington Post, it's high time, folks, that I think we begin at least discussing the question, why does the president have a hard time with the truth? What does he not tell the truth about most? And what impact does it have, really, if any, or a lot, I don't know, on the country right now? The panel with me tonight is Paul Kane, senior congressional correspondent for The Washington Post. Alice Stewart, CNN political commentator, former communications director for Republican Senator Ted Cruz. Catherine Rempel, CNN political commentator, Washington Post opinion columnist. And Jeff Balaban, advisor to Donald Trump's re-election campaign. Thank you guys so much for being here. Paulie, as I, we always call you on the Hill, PK, you start. Find me a politician that that has not lied, I will give you a million bucks. What is different, though, then about Donald Trump? Uh, I'm still trying to think. I really want the million dollars. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Uh, Keep looking. Okay, I haven't found anybody. <laughs> so I think what is different about him is that, that sometimes the mistruths, lies, whatever you want to call them, sometimes they're on the smallest, most insignificant things. And sometimes there's questions about the really big things. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a sense where he'll just order Sean Spicer to go out and say, this is the largest inauguration crowd ever. And it just gets to this point of like, well, why does that matter? Why do the mm-hmm. insignificant things matter? Um, politicians have been lying about wars and affairs for decades, if not centuries. Um, and so some of the bigger lies don't surprise me. What I really don't get are the sort of smallish things. I think, I think that's the key here is that whether or not there are little white lies, which they've acknowledged, or big, bold-faced lies, lies are not good. And lies are, are not helpful to the credibility overall of an administration. But while we're looking and discussing thousands of lies, the American people voted for him. Many that voted for him, myself included, didn't vote for him to be my pastor or my husband or right. my preacher. I voted for him to be the president. I voted for him to deliver on the economy, on the Supreme Court, and on uh, health care and issues of health care. We got some work to do. 
But the numbers that I think people are concerned with are today 3.6 percent unemployment, 263,000 jobs created in April. We have um, GDP at 3.2 percent. These are the kind of numbers that many people are concerned with and are focused on. And they're not getting... So. distracted on the lies. They're looking at the how it's going to impact so, them. I do, I, and the economy, that's actually a really important point that I do. But, but Jeff, on I have often, and I, as I was looking through this, they're often, when he makes these statements, they aren't even helping him. Like, lying about the tax cut, it still had a big impact and was a big deal without being the biggest, baddest, boldest tax cut ever to hit the world order. Even talking about the border wall, it almost would help his argument to say it's not yet started to be built because then he could blame it on Democrats that they've been stonewalling. He doesn't have to say it's starting to be built. I don't understand it. So I want to address this in two ways. And I'd like you to let me say both aspects of it. It'll be succinct. First, I want to just I want to add to what Alice is saying, which is this story to me is less about the president's truthfulness and more about the media's truthfulness and trust in the media, which is to say this focus, which seems to be a distraction from phenomenally important news, is really about the fact that, or, or, or relates, it relates to the fact that trust in the media in this country is at records low. I mean, record low because of this, because of this endless narrative. Even what you're because, talking, because, if, wait, let me finish, let me finish. Let me finish, let me finish, let me finish, because what you just described, just even the words yeah. around this table right yeah. now, you're saying, yeah, every, all politicians lie. Yes. And some of these things that we're talking about that are counted in the 10,000, I guarantee more than half of them I would disagree with or even fall into the category of anything remotely like a lie. But what you just described were exaggerations. We're going to call them lies. It's very, it's very hostile and direct in a word, which is meant to try to undermine the president who has been delivering on his promises and over-delivering on his promises in a way no president in my lifetime ever has done. Let and so fundamentally, he's been true with the people that elected him, true with America. This is what I'm going to do. We want to get into an argument about, is this a lie? Is this an exaggeration? Right. The bigger narrative, which is trying to make, oh, my God, this is the 10,000th lie. This is evil. He's not trustworthy. He's totally trustworthy. He says what he's going to do, and he doesn't. The, the, I, I am that not saying high. he's evil. One, the American public didn't even think he was trustworthy. They, did, they also did not vote. They voted for him despite the fact they did not trust him. And the difference here between if you say that the media not being truthful and Donald Trump not being truthful, I would argue is when the media, when reporters get things wrong, we reporters acknowledge it. People also lose their jobs because they don't tell the truth. Donald Trump has also said he never has to apologize and he will double down on what is clearly on some of these bold-faced lies when has, and has no apology for it. In 2020, that, they will vote for him because they trust him. They trust him to do, do what not, he says he will do. You do. That's what they trust. So they're, and, they're, they will, and they will not trust the media because the media keeps on ignoring what he's doing like... And that's what Alice put up. What he did for this country is colossal. Do and we're not, talking about something please, else. Please do not do the thing that I hate when people do on the show, which is lump everyone together. I did an entire show today about mostly the economy. Catherine and I did an entire segment today talking about how good the economy is. Do not say it's a distraction. We can all have two thoughts in our head at the same time. You can say politicians, the president of the United States, should be required and held to a higher standard to tell the truth to the American public on small things like where his dad was born and big things like if this tax cut matters and, so and why, we're, why the why reason is behind going to a war. We can have these two thoughts in our head at the same time. Catherine, go ahead. 
I was just going to say the job of the media is not to be a booster for the president. The job of the media is to hold people in power to account. And if we're not holding people in power to account when they lie about things that are big and small, whatever party that they're whatever party that yeah. they're in, I think then we're failing. Yeah, the job I, of the media is to be truthful. The, jo yeah. the media has not been truthful. That's, on I mean, on crowd size, what, on where Trump's father okay. was Kate, born? Kate, you don't like me lumping I mean, everybody in. But you know what? The, the, why are there polls about trust in the media generally? Because that actually is a relevant factor. Right? And you don't think that's the been the case for 50 years. Correct. For that's 50 what, that, years, okay, there have been polls no, no, no. about this. It has understand. nothing to do with Donald Trump. No, no. What is to do with Donald Trump, what is to do not Donald Trump, but the media's reaction to Donald Trump, and yes, as a whole, has been that trust in the media as it records law. That's not something Trump is doing. I, I feel, like, the media I feel like you are trying to change the subject well, no, from whether no, Trump, because, whether no, the president the, answer, the, 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 the summary of your answer is that you do not care that he lies because you think there is something that is superseding that is more important. And that is fine to have a position. Stop looking into what the I'm media. Saying. But Kate, that's not, that's, not, that's not actually what I'm saying. What go I'm ahead. Saying is you're, you're calling lies things that I don't, I don't agree You don't lies. think some of them are lies. Go ahead. If we actually focused on the president's Twitter account and went through and covered the things that he is thinking about and the things he is tweeting about, you would get a reflection of what the actual tone and coverage is. I went through Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. He had a tweet that was about like the best economy ever, jobs, growth. And I went through, it went 22 tweets or retweets before he had another tweet that was remotely connected to the economy. That was Thursday afternoon when he announced that Stephen Moore's nomination was being pulled from the Fed. He himself just doesn't talk about this issue. He likes He is his own worst enemy when it say, comes to promoting the economy. I, I'm going to finish with this. If, 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 I, I would just, we're going, when we return and someday, whenever there is another Democratic president, it is going to be very fascinating to be around the same table and have the same conversation when the Democratic president tells a lies, should be called out about it, and if you feel the same way, that there are super, there, that it doesn't matter. And so, I, I do think his rhetoric about fake news needs to stop. Just, and, and I do think, I, well, I I think he calls something fake news if it's, it's unfavorable to him. I think that kind of rhetoric, I think it certainly needs to stop. Your lips to God's ears. Good luck with that one, though. All right, still ahead. I'm old enough to remember when the Democrats running for president had promised to run a primary just focused on the issues. Attacking Trump, well, yes, they were going to do that. Attacking each other, well, they kind of said that no, they weren't. But then Joe Biden got in the race. Why? It's all changed. That's next. I understand the president's been tweeting a lot about me. I wonder why the hell he's doing that. Well, anyway, uh, so I have a man I'm going to be an object of his attention for a while, folks. Uh, folks, uh, <laughs> folks, we're, we all know in our gut, and you really do, this is an election that you all know instinctively that there's more at stake in this election uh, than anyone, at least in my lifetime. Former Vice President Joe Biden there, he isn't making it up. The president spent much of the week trolling Biden and, of course, giving him a new nickname because you haven't arrived until you get a nickname. But he's not the only one going after the Democratic frontrunner. Fellow Democrats, they didn't hold their fire very long. Why? Let us find out. OK, PK, um, Trump is focused on Biden when he's when he's weighing in on the Democratic primary. He's now he's talking about Joe Biden. Um, is he look just looking at the polls? Or is it something else? And is that the best thing that could happen to Biden? Um, a little bit of yes to both of those. <laughs> uh, he definitely sees the polls. CNN had a poll recently uh, in the last few days that showed Biden 
with a little bit of a surge, mm-hmm. up to 39% of the national polls, way ahead of Bernie Sanders. So he is the clear front runner now, and Trump is going after him. Now, also in that poll, when you looked at the head-to-heads of potential candidates, uh, there was one candidate, Democrat, uh, who was underwater against Trump. Mm-hmm. That was Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. So in his mind, Trump kind of thinks Pocahontas, I, I that went after her and that worked. And that's why I'm leading Elizabeth Warren. I'm going to try and do the same thing to Joe Biden right now. But- I, I don't think that's a wrong strategy. I guess. And, and also, I think the, that numbers from the head to head in the general election are really catching the president's attention because Joe Biden is ahead of him in that. And the reality is when you're in the front of the pack, you have a target on your back. So Joe Biden is the target of the Democrats who are challenging him and now this president. And the, the reason he's gotten under the president's skin is because Joe Biden is going, he is ignoring the Democrat primary field and going right after President Trump. And his announcement, he talked about improving the values of this country that Trump has destroyed. And he's going after the president. President Trump is taking the bait, swinging at every pitch. He's got that fish hook in his in his mouth, and and Joe Biden is just sitting back here and reeling in Donald Trump. And that's why we're he's attacking him so much. It is it's, it is fascinating to see. But I was also surprised. You tell me if you felt the same way, Catherine. That Bernie Sanders was also Bernie Sanders is out there now. He's attacking him on NAFTA. He's attacking him on this. He's atta- I mean like he was out there. Um, and all of our reporting is that Bernie Sanders, right out of the gate, wanted to go after, take it to Joe Biden, not wait and let the primary play out longer. He was ready to take him head on. I mean, what do you think that do you think? I think that's not at all surprising, actually, uh, for two reasons, including that uh, if you're the front runner, you do have a target on your back. Uh, It's not worth Bernie Sanders going after Andrew Yang. Right. Like what what does he what does he have to gain by by going at by punching down? Essentially, you want to go after the big fish. Um, And I think the other thing is that we learned in 2016 that Bernie Sanders in particular is not so concerned about party unity. Right. I mean, it's, he's not even a member of the party. Yeah. Still, still, he's running for the nomination. He's not a member of the party. I don't think he cares so much um, about whether or not he's hurting who could potentially be the, yeah. the eventual nominee. But I think to some extent that kind of inclination would be there with any candidate who was in second place, but perhaps especially with Bernie. I was just a, I was clearly Pollyanna to think when I heard Democrats saying they were just calling each other competitors, not opponents. That was going to fall away so quickly. I guess I was just believing. Leaving it all. I'm so naive. Jeff, yes. the working in the president's favor right now is the economy. Gangbusters, yes. numbers coming out. It's not the first report to be to, to come out that is working in his favor. The question always remains, can the president stay focused on the economy? Because lots of things he has wanted to talk about and he continues to talk about, like let's take health care, for example. He wanted to come out and make health care the issue. Republicans have quieted him down for a second. But do you do you are you under any illusion that he's going to just be able to talk about the economy the whole time? Uh, what I think is that w- what I heard, and I was, I was actually paying very close attention, was a lot of underestimation about the president and sort of presumptions that people know better than he does. And if you read the articles, there are stories about his own advisors saying, oh, I wish you wouldn't do this. Yeah, exactly. I wish right? you would not take uh, on Joe Biden. Right, right. Right. Uh-huh. I don't make that mistake. I think people who do that completely underestimate him. I think he's president for a reason. He's a billionaire for a reason. He's a success for a reason. I think he knows what he's doing. I can't tell you why he's going after Joe Biden. I can speculate. I think there's a lot of good reasons to do it. I also think that, that there's something going on in the Democratic Party. Do you think it's smarter which makes to go? Biden stands against the rest of the country. But I do. I, I am interested yeah. in your take on this. Do you, do you like him going after Biden now rather than let him play the field? I'm above this. Like, that's what oh, traditionally I, I, incumbents would do. I actually 
I actually take my cues. In other words, I pay attention to what he does because he tends to be right about this, meaning I'm interested that he's doing it, and I think there's a okay. reason for him doing it, because I think he's been very smart about this until now, and he's been successful. I also think there's another issue here which separates Biden from pretty much every other candidate in the pack, not just the distance in terms of popularity, a name recognition, et cetera. It's that Joe Biden seems to be the last gasp of the old guard Democrat. Now, I'm not sure that anybody, a, a Biden administration look any different than any other administration. Because I think that the base, I think that the young people who tend to run America as staffers tend to be much more in line with the left of the party right now. But I think that Joe Biden is a last gasp. And actually, I prefer that last gasp because the rhetoric coming out of the more extreme parts of the party are actually very frightening to me. But it could be that what he's doing, again, I don't know why he's doing it, but it could be segmenting it out because these really are two very different Democratic parties, at least in terms of the spokespeople. I want to get, go ahead. Go ahead. Just say, once again, another reminder that this is Infrastructure Week. Happy Infrastructure what? Week that, that never gets talked about. That we is, started off with right, such a week. That is such a Washington joke. That's the funniest thing that PK has like, ever heard. Is. But, but that's something he could, be ta- he could be talking about. He did make some progress on infrastructure. He could be talking about the economy. However, Donald Trump realizes his style and his success is more in roller derby style politics by going after someone head to head like he is with Biden. That's worked for him in the past. And I'll see. Biden has a roller derby logo. That's what they were saying. It looks like a, a, a <laughs> 90s roller derby. Here we go. This is a little bit different okay. than 2016 because there it's Hillary was just always going to be the nominee. This is a field in which he might be helping unify Biden by going after him so much unifying Democrats around Because remember, Biden. there are 21 Democrats running, and some of them can't even remember which one they were. There are now so many of them. Great to see you guys. Thank you so much. That is the State of America this week. Be sure to listen to our podcast. We'll see you back here next week. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.